Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author and relationship coach who helps mistreated women struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. Did you live in love in the whole truth and nothing but the truth since we last talked? Welcome back to a new week where you can find motivation to move forward stronger or try again if that was not the case since the last episode. It happens sometimes. As a reminder, episodes now release on the second and fourth Friday. So you got a little more time to work out what we discuss here in between each episode. And that also is helping me open up my calendar for life coaching. Before we get into the live for today's episode, I want you to know that I am closer to opening my life coaching schedule for new clients. So please visit ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to get on the waiting list. I'll also put the link in the description. Like I said before in previous episodes, I really do appreciate your patience. Also, I'm thinking about starting a women's edification group for my level two patrons of the Truth Tribe Patreon account, meeting monthly if enough people join that level two tier. I will add it. So consider becoming a Truth Tribe patron and you can find the link in the description. Level two tier women's edification group would be different than the level three support group, which is for those who need support keeping boundaries in a specific toxic relationship or relationships. So like you say, for example, you go through life coaching with me, you learn how to set boundaries. You can spot what you need to do before you get into a toxic situation. You know, there's a varying number of circumstances. Whatever the case, you finished life coaching with me and setting boundaries. And now you're like out there feeling like you're on your own with it, but you still got to deal with this person. A support group would help you manage that on a monthly basis. So you'll meet together with other people who are in similar situations where they have to manage keeping that boundary set. You ever been in a relationship with someone and you know they have toxic ways in you setting boundaries that may initiate a change in them. But if you slack on your boundaries, they go right back to being toxic towards you. So you, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta upkeep, you gotta manage it. And a support group helps you do that. So that's what the level three support group would be for. The women's edification group, however, for my level two patrons that I'm thinking about doing includes activities that edify us in truth and womanhood. So yeah, consider becoming a truth tribe patron. And if enough people sign up to that level two tier, I will start that women's edification group. Find the link in the description. Now, the lie we're going to deal with in this episode is, I guess I made the wrong choice. Here's a scenario. Kim and Sherry are new friends. 
They only met about a month ago, but they talk every day and hang out at least three times a week. Both of them feel like they can tell each other anything, and they do, without a second thought of betrayal or shame. When there's an event to attend, they both consider each other first. When there's a chance to break free from built-up burdens and vacate, they both invite one another above their other friends. The list goes on. But Sherry doesn't know that Kim is beginning to think she's a little overbearing when it comes to just dropping by her house unannounced. Kim loves hanging out whenever, wherever, but her one pet peeve is pop-ups. Since it's been weeks of Sherry popping up and Kim not saying anything about it, Sherry thinks everything is fine. Meanwhile, every time Sherry does pop up, Kim grows more and more irritated. So much so, Kim starts to treat Sherry with a little irritation. And Sherry notices, but can't put two and two together. One day, while sitting in Kim's living room after popping up, Sherry feels way too slighted. And she asks Kim if there's something wrong. Sherry reminds Kim they've been able to tell each other anything, so she's open to hear what's bothering her. Kim says it's nothing, but Sherry says it's definitely something or she wouldn't be treating her kind of rude. Kim snaps. You always just drop by. That's so disrespectful. Don't you ever think you should just call first? Sherry, caught off guard, hurt and embarrassed, gets up, tells her she doesn't have to worry about her dropping by again and leaves. Kim feels so bad and figures she never should have said anything. She must have made the wrong choice in letting her know and feels confused about what to do next. She doesn't want Sherry just popping up so this could be her way out but then again she does want Sherry's friendship. What went wrong here? Trauma in childhood is so common we often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults. To move past it, we have to go back to where it began. It came to pass, book one, in the beginning. Visit itcametopass.com for more information. That's it came the number two, pass.com. Did Kim make the wrong choice based on Sherry's response? Or was Sherry wrong for always popping up? It all has to do with personal boundaries. See, since Kim never said anything and they always did everything together, Sherry had no clue or reason to even think that Kim hated pop-ups, even from her favorite person. And how could Sherry know if Kim always pretended it was fine? Kim's personal boundaries weren't Sherry's obviously and vice versa and the only way people know what our boundaries are is when we tell them but not just tell them tell them firmly and with a level of regard kim went off on sherry for a problem she caused and then made sherry responsible for it that's not regard right there yet Kim's letting her guilt make her feel like she made the wrong choice in telling her when it was really the fact that she didn't tell her that landed them both 
in a friendship freeze. So who would have to apologize? Right, I hope you said Kim. If she's really Sherry's friend, she would need to apologize by saying something like, Sherry, I'm so sorry I snapped on you like that. It was my fault that I never told you. I don't like when people don't call before they come to my place. It's a real pet peeve of mine. And every time I fail to let you know when you drop by without calling first, the irritation just grew. You couldn't have read my mind though. And I'm really so sorry I didn't tell you, but then made you responsible for knowing. I'm open to working through this because I really value our friendship. Will you please forgive me for snapping on you and making you responsible for something you didn't know? That kind of apology feeds two birds with one piece of bread. Because I don't like killing birds with stones over here. You know, killing two birds with one stone. You'll catch that later. But anyway, first, it addresses the behavior Kim doesn't like from Sherry. So Sherry now has an opportunity to correct it if she cares about the relationship. And second, it addresses Kim's failure and now desire to initiate the boundary. As opposed to Kim's sinking in guilt that she made the wrong choice based off of Sherry's justified hurt. You see how we can do that though? We set a boundary with someone and based on their reaction, we feel we must have made the wrong choice. For you, it may be that your mom called you ungrateful for all she's done and you have the nerve to want the boundary of respect as an adult or your spouse snaps back at you about everything you do wrong when you bring up something they're doing that you don't like. Getting a cold shoulder, the silent treatment, snapping on you, these reactions and more to healthy boundaries can make you feel like you made the wrong choice in setting that boundary. But it's not usually the choice and boundary that's the issue. Healthy boundaries are necessary. I mean, your life is a wreck without boundaries. Don't give your kids boundaries. They're going to drive you crazy. They're going to act entitled. They're going to be all over the place. Don't give your life boundaries. See, it's not just boundaries we have to have with others, but boundaries with our own self. Like you don't have a schedule. Now you letting the world just dictate what you do and don't do next. You just going with the wind. This happened you go this way. This happened, you swing that way. A life without boundaries is chaos. So healthy boundaries are necessary. Again, it's not usually the choice and boundary that's the issue. Many times is that we either set the boundary out of frustration and so it comes across without regard for the other person as something other than what you intended and so it can't be received correctly like with Kim and Sherry. Or in other cases, it may be that you did set the boundary correctly by stating what you don't like, how you like it to change and what you will do if it's no change and the person is toxic, so their goal is to manipulate you with guilt and confusion by using things like reverse psychology, for example. And suddenly the scenario was flipped into what you need to change in order to get away from what they refuse to change. Toxic people don't like boundaries and they'll do anything they can to tear every guard you have in place to protect your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual life, despite what Yah says about having guards over our heart and our life. They want to hurt you without consequence, abuse your grace without guilt, 
behave however they see fit without accountability. How's it going so far? In the midst of that toxic relationship you might be dealing with, whether it's your parent, spouse, coworker, family member, whoever it may be, is this podcast filling you up with strength and encouragement to face it with a healthier outlook? Do you want to show your support? If so, I just wanted to stop for a moment and remind you that you can support this free podcast when you order from my shop, send a gift, or become a monthly patron. Your support not only helps you, but others, including myself. So if you find value in my content and it helps you grow, please consider showing your support. Find the links in the episode description. Thanks so much for your consideration. Now, back to the episode. So when a spouse says things like, I don't like when you dismiss my concerns about how you interact with other women. I want us to decide together the limitations of our interactions with the opposite sex. And if you cannot consider me when it comes to other women or get counsel with me, I may have to give you some space to figure out if you want what the covenant of this marriage requires. The toxic spouse might respond, You are so jealous and insecure. Grow up. You're not my mother. I don't have to tell you everything I do with other women. And I don't have to get your approval on who I associate with. I didn't get married for another person to tell me what I can and can't do. Or an adult says to their parent, when you talk down about my spouse to me, it makes me feel like you're trying to divide us. And then that makes me feel like you want me to choose between you two. And because the Bible says no one comes before my spouse, I feel even more torn because you're mad at me for choosing who I'm supposed to and not you. If you cannot respect my spouse, I will not be able to spend time with you without having to deal with those divisive seeds you plant. And so I'll be moved by your actions that have separation in our relationship. The toxic parent might reply, all I've done for you, I've been through so much just to raise you and you have the nerve to treat me like I'm second place. The Bible also says to honor and respect your parents. What about that? And right now, the way you're talking to me is incredibly disrespectful and you're probably getting that disrespect from your spouse too. That's exactly why you need to know my thoughts about them. I could provide more examples, but in most cases, true love doesn't want you to be hurt and won't make you feel bad for wanting to be loved healthily and appropriately. Sharing a boundary firmly and with regard should not activate an all out war, a cry fest, manipulation, guilt, condemnation. If so, that's toxic. And the war is not with you, it's within that toxic person. Listen. I know that you won't always get the response you want when you set a boundary, but that response does not always indicate you made the wrong choice. Again, boundaries are necessary. You need to set them where they're needed. You won't always get the response you want when you set the healthy boundaries you set. But again, that response does not always indicate you made the wrong choice. Because after all, what kind of love wants to keep hurting you without restriction and banks on you not loving yourself enough to set healthy boundaries so they can continue to do it?
Remember, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I'm Zara Hairston, sending you the comfort of truth. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless. Thanks for enjoying this podcast. 